The Los Hermanos Podcast is brought to you by Cafe Rica and Los Hermanos Entertainment. Well, welcome to uh, our viewers to Stories at Sundown. This is Michael McCullough from Willow Library, uh, broadcasting live from Burley Corners in Penfield Township. <laughs> but not from not from the outdoors this week. I got scared by the gray skies and thought it would be too dark. And of course, right now the sky is blue. So I miscalculated. But here we are. And my guest, guest this week is Tristan Breedhoff. Am I saying your last name correctly, Tristan? Close. It's Bredehoff. 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 So there's actually there that syllable in the middle. So yes. Awesome. Well, welcome. Well, thank you for having me on air. I appreciate yeah. the invite. Yeah, it's been, it's, it's great. Um, glad you could come on and, uh, yeah. So ask about Tristan, I think, but if you don't, Tristan and his brother Jackson, um, are the entrepreneurs who brought us uh, a coffee shop in downtown Battle Creek, Cafe Rica. Started in the cargo uh, pop-up uh, box over there across from the post office. And now you're down uh, right across from the Kellogg Foundation. What's the address of your place? 62 East Michigan Avenue. And okay. It's a uh, sweet 100, but it's the first big glass doors. Yeah, and you open your doors when? Uh, so Monday through Friday, we're open 6.30 to 6, and then on the weekend, it's 9 to 4. So Sunday. Yeah, I mean, you, I'm sorry, you opened in the spring, right about the time the pandemic came oh. around, isn't it, right? Yes, yeah. February 29th was our grand opening, and um, we got a solid three weeks before um, everything kind of went crazy, and we had to shut down for a month. And yeah. I kicked back up in a April or May. Yeah, yeah. So it's been quite a journey for you. I remember going to visit you when you're in the cargo box and uh, and talking yeah. to you there, and that was a really sweet, 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 uh, sweet place because um, we really lacked that kind of place in downtown Battle Creek. So you came along, and then uh, you incubated over there in the parking garage for yep. for a while. Yep, we and shared a space. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about yourself. You are. Are you native here? Yes. So um, I basically moved here when I was six months old. So practically born and raised here. I went to Harper Creek High School. Okay. Um, graduated in 2013. And then I went on to Michigan State University and studied political science, pre-law. Um, I originally wanted to be a lawyer. And I guess my grades and my LSAT score kind of uh, steered me in a different direction. <laughs> so, um, it was my uh, junior year. I took the LSAT, went over to San Francisco, and I had an internship with a uh, a drone racing league. It was a startup. And that's what kind of got me interested in like business and creating something on your own. It was a, a business of like two people. I think me and another intern were three and four um, at the time, employees. So it was a really, really small um, company, but they were doing really awesome things. So that got me going with yeah. uh, business ideas. And then when I got back, my brother and my dad had been talking about starting a coffee business. And so it was almost like perfect timing. Yeah. 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 And I told your brother, I, I, I don't, I haven't talked to Jackson as much as I've talked to you because you were kind of like you were holding the fort down there in the early yeah. days. And I would see Jackson yeah. maybe at the end of the day. 
Um, so I assume that he's the older brother. He is. He is eight years older than me, and so he is my older brother. And <laughs> he's he's been awesome. I moved yeah. in with him when I moved back to Battle Creek, so I appreciate his hospitality and his house. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. And so what what drew and you say your father was involved in developing the business plan. I, um what drew you to coffee? Was it just the fact so, that Battle Creek was lacking it at the time or was it something deeper uh, than that? It was a little bit deeper than that. Um so we actually started doing this uh two years prior or one and a half years prior to the car units. Um my dad had been drinking this coffee for, I don't know, 25 plus years. And it's from Costa Rica. So when my dad and my mom went on their honeymoon to Costa Rica, he kind of started this like quasi journey to finding best coffee that he wanted to drink. And he came across Cafe Nerano. It's, you know, a co-op of 2,400 family on farms. And he just loved it. We literally used to bring um, suitcases all the way from Costa Rica just so he could have his like, half year supply because my mom would go every six months because she had family down there and so it just kind of started with that and he had an online business that he purchased in 2013 for his hobby which is model airplanes mm -hmm. and that's kind of where they had the idea to start selling this online um, because you couldn't get it in the United States. And so it was kind of, well, let's do this. And then I have more coffee. <laughs> and then, so it just kind of snowballed from there. Um, we started importing it, selling it. Nothing crazy happened. Um, I still was doing in school. My brother had a full-time job. He was in Creek. We would talk to, a, or talk to each other about it from time to time to kind of see what we wanted to do with it. Um, uh -huh. But it was never in the forefront and in, in our minds. So we just kind of left it on the back burner, I guess per se. And so then we, after I graduated, I moved to Grand Rapids and I started thinking like, how do I actually turn this into something that I want to do um, for a living? And so we started going to trade shows, going to um, events and selling bags. And that's really where the, the us thinking about Battle Creek started. Mm -hmm. We went to a Kalamazoo uh, Blues Fest, and we had our setup. We were a vendor. We were ready to sell hundreds and hundreds of bags in a two-day event. We were, we were super stoked. And we got there, and we sold one bag the whole week. <laughs> so that was one of the times where we were like, oh, man, really down. But we took those. It was like an 18-hour day. We took that day and started conversing with each other, trying to figure out, okay, how do we get this in people's hands because they never heard of the brand they never tasted it and so it was hard for people to want to spend ten dollars a bag on something they're like i don't even know what this is yeah and so that's where the cold beer came in and so we went to the can do kitchen boot camp in kalamazoo and started learning about the food business they have a really awesome 12-week program for people that are interested in food business mm -hmm. from like beginning to end branding marketing everything they, they walk you through it and teach you a lot it, it was probably one of the best stepping stones in our career was going to that boot camp um we got a ton of information so that got licensed to bottle our cold brew and our plan was to sell it in farmers markets one being battle creek and one i think kalamazoo 
that we were just kind of um, go between. I think Wednesdays we were going to go to Battle Creek and then Saturdays in Kalamazoo. And the cargo units actually popped up and it just was a, an extremely awesome offer that we applied for, got it. And we're like, we can't not do this. Yeah. So that's when we really started fo focusing on Battle Creek and um, really developing a community around our, our product and us. Yeah, and I think that's really interesting. You, you just said that you're developing a community around your product and you. Um, and I'm curious, I'm always curious about people who grew up here. I mean, most people who grew up in a, in a town, a small city, they never think of themselves as like, you know, planning there and, and, and building, beginning to build a life. It was that, was that your story? Was it your surprise that you decided yeah. to do that? Um, <laughs> that was, I would say, probably the most common story as you said, ever told is everybody is like, oh, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go somewhere else and experience the world. And then you come back and you're like, okay, this is, this is the community I want to be in. It's uh, a lot better than when my young self was thinking it was. You're like, especially Battle Creek, you hear it all the time. It's like, oh, this is a terrible place. I want to get out. But it's actually a really amazing place. There's a lot of amazing people. And yeah. right now, especially there's a, a really nice um, feeling where everybody's kind of like coming together and, and, and helping each other and rallying around each other. So yeah, no, it was not in the plans. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and you have an amazing place and it's hard for me to believe that anybody listening to this hasn't been there, although I'm sure that's true. Um, and, uh, and you really do feel that warmth of, of community there. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I spent a lot of time there, as you know, working, you know, I'll buy a yeah. cup of coffee and then I'll go sit down and I'll, I'll do video conference calls and things like that. But it's, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous place. Um, you. and, and you've done some amazing things with it. I, I, I'm really curious. And I, I know we have a book that we want to talk about a little bit anyway. But um, but I actually think there's a pretty good segue here. And I, I think you do probably will, too. But uh, everything that you picked up along the way, I mean, what were some of the key lessons and, and how did and I, I read something that I used in the post um, in promoting this about you know uh, what was the, what was the word <laughs> it wasn't the customer is always right but it was something like that fill me in uh, I'm always do the right thing always do the right yeah thing. there we go yeah um, so. When, when I saw that, I started thinking, I was like, you know, I've always kind of had that feeling that making sure that I'm doing the right thing consciously um, will always be better for me, even if it's not sure. like the most opportunistic thing to do. Um, so I've always kind of followed that in my life and, and trying to make sure that morally I am okay with my decision that I'm making and not putting something that's superficial or like greed or money as the main prerogative in my decision making. Cause yeah. I rather be happy with what I'm doing than, you know, live a lifestyle that eats away at me every day. Sure. So that, that, that has really translated into my lifestyle and how we operate the business. Um, we'll always use that as a, um, I guess North star, if you want to say, uh, and how we want to progress. 
through life. Yeah. And, and so, you know, so coffee is sort of like the, the, the anchor there, but how would you describe your business? Um, I would really store in the people business. Um, that's why we stress community, bringing people together. Um, one of the main things that when we built this place was we wanted people to come here and create, gather, work, talk with each other, and really kind of build that community that is warm. Like you said, it's yeah. it's like we. I, I've always tried my hardest to remember everybody's name, connect with them, um, and build those relationships through conversations. So that's kind of the business, uh, how I view our business is that we're in the people business. People, there's plenty of coffee out in the world. Sure. Um, what, what differentiates us is that we can connect with the people that we're selling with, uh, with our coffee and us. Yeah, I actually learned so. So I worked with your mom on the planning yeah. for Hispanic Heritage Month, um, and I learned on their kickoff that um, that the United States is sec is second to Brazil in per capita co coffee consumption. Yeah, we uh, consume a lot of coffee. <laughs> we really do. So, yeah. yeah, and 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 who decorated the, your shop? I mean, it's it really is gorgeous. Uh, it's it's well designed, so, and beautiful furniture. Thank and you. So it was a combination of a couple of people. Um, so we worked with Cody and Caitlin from Restore Two Six Nine and Driven yeah. Design. Uh, they were our architect, um, and they helped us. And we gave our input, and they kind of walked through us with um, the design features. Um, of course, we already had a couple main things that really drew us to this place was the original tin ceiling and the uh, brick yeah. um, walls. So that kind of helped us kind of go where we wanted to go with the design. It's kind of a weird, um, like, eclectic feel. There's so many different styles. Like, we have, like, a 70-ish kind of tile that um, Caitlin kind of helped us pick out. Um, we have modern like lights that me and Jackson mm -hmm. spent hours and hours trying to find perfect lights. Um, and then we have a street artist that came in from Miami to draw a beautiful mural. So yeah, it, like I said, it was kind of like a combination that kind of created this weird eclectic mix. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's just such a, again, we talk about, you know, battle Creek and battle Creek is its own worst enemy sometimes. I mean, that's probably true of a lot of towns, right? Yeah. But it's it's such kind of like an oasis downtown. And I know I'm starting to sound a little bit like I'm promoting you, but <laughs> I love the place and I go there all the time. Um, you know, you should check it out. People should check it out if they haven't been there. Yeah, absolutely. Come down, talk to us. Don't even have to buy anything. You can just come in, sit down, enjoy. Um, that's really what we wanted to do to build the place. We like to call it paradise. So oasis paradise. <laughs> right along the same yeah and so and we're thinking and you and i've talked you know I and jackson have talked about maybe once a month or so doing this there um doing yeah this absolutely so absolutely come down look forward to that i'm not going to be building fires in the dark and the snow <laughs> in december and january and february i'm dedicated but not that dedicated so we'll get one of those um one of those the fireplaces that you can like wheel out 
Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> so, you know, we always try to talk, tie this back. I, I, you know, I just love this book. Um, think like a monk. Um, yeah. And, uh, that's what you suggested, uh, Jay Shetty. It's been a bestseller. And uh, so talk a little bit. Oh, and, and here we have uh, we have an endorsement of the idea. So <laughs> It's a great you know, idea. Maybe post-pandemic we can do it in front of a live audience even. <laughs> yeah, so. that would be awesome. We, uh, that's why we created a stage, kind of either have like poetry, stories, telling, or music. So it would be perfect. Yeah. So tell tell us a little bit about this book and and uh, and actually more. Uh, yeah, talk about the book. But I want to I want to hear about you because you 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 said that this was something that really um, reflects uh, some of your values and, and how you try to live your life. So yeah. So me and my girlfriend decided to um, buy this book and read it. And so it's think like a monk and the little tagline is train your mind for peace and purpose every day. Um, I had kind of heard of this guy online, um, Jay Shetty. Yeah. And kind of mixed in with um, another guy that I, I follow, Gary Vanderchuk, and how you can actually train your mind um, and control things that you can't control um, to kind of, make your life simpler and more peaceful. Um, so I had been kind of picking up on these um, topics that this book touches on uh, throughout the last couple of three years um, about how to like think positively, um, kind of put things that aren't important to the wayside and really remain focused on a goal. Um, and so reading this, I'm not, quite done yet so i haven't fully read it but i've read a couple um chapters and as i'm reading it it's just reinforcing that um all the values that i've used to help me um, remain focused and patient during building this business um because it can get lonely it can get yeah. um scary such as the the last couple you know six months um but as long as you, you know, train your mind to think positively, stay focused and kind of um, find the good, yeah. um, you can you can really achieve a lot of good things. Yeah, there's a there's a part in the book um, and it's uh, any he, he, I mean, I, I guess maybe it's monk like thing to do to tell parables and, and, yeah. and stories. Um, but the point was. Uh, I, I think this story had something to do with somebody keeps bringing news to this farmer and the farmer says, good thing, bad thing, who knows, you know, yeah. on and on and on, you know, right up to the end, his son, at one point his son fall, breaks his leg and the guy's like, this is terrible. And the farmer says, good thing, bad thing, who knows? And then he doesn't get drafted into the military and goes to war and the guy's happy and the farmer says, good thing, bad thing, who knows? The point is, is that we tend to judge the moment constantly, yeah. and 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 yeah. the teaching, the teaching that uh, the author is 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 conveying is that, you know, by judging the moment, you 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 box yourself in and and fail to see the possibilities and and right. and don't look at things curiously. 
So yeah. that part stuck out to me a lot because um, last couple of years, especially with um, social media and the access people have to everybody, you start to see like really extremes, positive and negative. And like I said, the guy that I've been following too, Gary Vaynerchuk, has always said, especially when it comes to feedback, is what he's saying is like you gotta pretty much take out the the ends and find the truth in the middle um, yeah. in order to to find progress. Because you know there are going to be people out there that are going to be like, oh, this is really really good, or they're on the opposite end, this is really really bad, and both may be true, but it's really the people that or the, the news in the middle um, that you you see the most progress, um, kind of like the it's good, it's bad, who knows? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, and he advocates a lot of practices. Um, so I'm mm -hmm. curious if you have you know if you have those kinds of practices built in your life. Like, um, so for example, he suggests everybody get up an hour earlier than they're already getting up. <laughs> so. And 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 talks about how you start your day. Don't pick up your damn phone, you know. Mm -hmm. um, things like that. Yeah. What about you? So, I've been for the past year been toying with like meditation and waking up yeah. and meditating for fifteen minutes. And like I said, don't pick up your phone. Don't do all that. Kind of just take 15 minutes to focus um, kind of say words of affirmation to kind of get that mindset going, that body ready. And so that's part of the routine that I've done. I've also um, really started like taking moments throughout the day to breathe and kind of yeah. just like calm myself and to remember that like, a, this is only temporary and B, this is also growth. Um, Especially when it gets a little busy or hectic in here, I find I can I can feel my heart racing. I feel myself just kind of get frantic, and I'm just like, okay, let me yeah. take a moment. Let me let me focus on my mind real quick, my body, and and just find that center that will keep me level headed and and in that zone, I guess. So that's yeah. another thing that I've um, I've taken up in the practices um i'm not sure if he says anything about health and wellness uh, as a as physical activity but earlier this year i started doing yoga um during the the lockdown and started kind of coincides with meditation um but also for the body getting loose finding that center um and that's actually helped a lot uh, right now i'm i'm kind of got a lot of back pains i've kind of had a curve <laughs> yoga yeah. um but that was another thing that i've folded into my road my excuse me my routine yeah um, and positive thinking that one's been the biggest one um for the, like i said the last three years i've always um thought positively um kind of cut out the negativity which he had kind of touch touches on um and kind of take that fear out of my everyday life to um, kind of get past those roadblocks that are keeping me or other people from kind of achieving their goals. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I like about this author, um, yeah, I, I too do yoga, although the funny thing is 
when the lockdown came about, I quit going um, because for me, part of the experience was going into the studio and doing yeah. it communally with other folks. Um, and I don't enjoy it as much just doing it by myself. Maybe that's something I have to work on. But what I, what I really liked about this book is that he's taking a lot of what I guess we would consider Eastern philosophy. You know, mm -hmm. um, it's a lot of Sanskrit quotes in, in this book. But he's doing it in such a way that's kind of accessible, um, no matter where yeah. you are. You may not do yoga, and you may not be all that interested in, in Eastern philosophy, but there's just a lot of practical things to think about. You know, And one of the things I love, and one of my favorite yoga instructors, who's also doing something for Willard Library right now, um, uh, she always, when, she, when she's leading a practice, she'll say, just notice. And he talks a lot about just noticing, you know, noticing mm -hmm. is different from seeing. And of course he shared some examples about, you know, go into a room and ask people where the nearest fire extinguisher is and no one will know, you know, even though they might've been walking by the same fire extinguisher for 20 years um, and how we go through life on autopilot. And so much of this is just about paying attention, you know, just paying yeah. attention to the things around you and, and what that can do for your, your own peace of mind and, and your own centering. Um, but he does it in a way that doesn't at all come across like, you know, like this heavy meditation kind of thing, yeah. even though, even though he does describe and gives a great instruction on how to meditate and how to do it. But I don't know. I think it's just more accessible for a lot of people who may be turned off or maybe intimidated by, by that kind of thing. Yeah. He definitely breaks it down at a very easily digestible, um, level he also has one of those um, like practicality tips that is like here try this try this and they're like super simple and they're like okay yeah i can i can kind of do this um and it's not like this huge big picture thing like i would assume everybody like hears monk and they you know think of the ones in tibet that are fully ripped up and don't talk for hours or days and so like yeah. it's a big huge thing that's like not full comprehensible at a larger picture, but then he breaks it down or it's like, that's not always what it is. It's just simple conscious decisions throughout your day that can lead you that monk way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important to note that he's not a monk anymore. <laughs> he's, he's married. Um, at least. Yeah. And uh, so, but he found that he could do more good in the world. And he talks a lot yeah. of um, having purpose in your work. Um, and, and, and a life of service is what right. I'm thinking about. I'm thinking like a monk is, did you have anything in the book that you wanted to read, share? Um, the one thing, um, that has really stuck out to me when I was reading it was the, um, the area about fear. I don't really have the bookmarked, but what it really, why it really stood out to me was it really talked about getting to that deeper levels of fear of why yeah. things are stopping you and yeah. getting past that superficial level. Um, I think he was talking about how he was talking about switching career paths and being a monk to his um, parents. And he really feared them and has always feared their, um, how they're going to react to the doing bad. And 
broke it down got really 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 deep and then he even had a colleague that was a lawyer that was thinking about switching but she was scared to switch and so he kept he used um the uh process of just asking the same question over and over and over again because your mind is gonna try to deflect and run away and yeah. you, you're presented with that uh, question and then when you just keep asking yourself you're like okay well why and it, it that really stuck out to me because um i think if more and more people um kind of did that they would be able to get past those those fake roadblocks that are holding them up and really set themselves free and and find their purpose and find what they really enjoy um and that's kind of where i was um a couple years ago where i wasn't full-time i didn't really promote that i was starting a business of course it wasn't my full-time gig yet but yeah excuse me um but i was kind of worried about the public eye what people thought yeah. what people when when i posted something online about it were they thinking negatively positively were they thinking oh look at this guy he's trying to be an entrepreneur um and then at one point after listening to people like Jay Shetty um, with these you know, philosophies, I, I really started breaking down those fears of like, it doesn't matter what people think. It's my happiness. It's my life. I need to do what makes me happy, not the projection of the people that make that I think make them happy. That is really um, affecting my decisions. Yeah. So that that part of the book has stuck out to me so far. A really, really good amount. Did Did you read the part where um, he's standing in front of the dusty mirror? I don't think so. Okay. That that and that's really cool because you're you're alluding to this this how we 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 often people often I often um, judge myself by how I think other people are seeing me. And, and and this analogy and his uh, his instructor or whatever it's called in the in the order um, takes him into this really dusty room and and puts him in front of a mirror and he can't see himself and so the monk takes his his sleeve and just wipes all the dust off his throat gets constricted and he's sneezing and he's coughing and the whole lesson is that you know it's not always easy to look at yourself honestly right. without without the judgment of others and sometimes it can be painful but in the end you'll see yourself more clearly so it, it was great oh, I, yeah i mean they, these are all my bookmarks these are all the things that i i could have read tonight uh it's uh i love the piece about the soldier mindset versus the scout mindset I'm like mm -hmm. yeah i want to be a scout i'll just go to that real quick okay because i think it's pretty cool um a soldier's job is to defend their side. Conversely, there's the scout mindset. Scout mindset means seeing what what's there as accurately as you can, even if it's not pleasant. Soldiers have already signed on to a cause, so they value continuity. Scouts are investigating their options, so they value truth. Soldier mindset is rooted in defensiveness and tribalism. Scout mindset is rooted in curiosity and intrigue. Soldiers value being on the right side. Scouts value being objective. 
Um, Julia Gallup says, who he's quoting here, she runs a po podcast called Rationally Speaking. Gallup says, whether we're a soldier or a scout has less to do with our level of intelligence or education and more with our to do with our attitude about life. I thought that was pretty wow. cool. This. Yeah. Um, very good. Yeah. There, there has been every time I've read this, there's been an, a moment like that where it's like, wow, this really is an awesome section of writing where it's like, this is super likable to anybody's life. And this is like, wow, this makes me think and really want to um, take on this mindset. Yeah. I'm putting the title up because one of our, one of our watchers didn't catch it. So I'm putting it up there so people can write yeah. it down. Think Like a Monk by Jess Shetty. There was yeah. one that it was the quote in the beginning about routine where it was every day, think as you wake up, today I'm fortunate to be alive. I have a precious human life and I'm not going to waste it. The Dalai Lama. Um, my girlfriend read it to me today and I was like, that is truly amazing way to think of life. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't dwell on the past. Don't be over anxious about the future. Um, kind of do what you can do throughout life and do as best as you can. Yeah. One of the, one of the quotes that I love and kind of live by is just, it just takes one millimeter a day to be better than you were the day before to show yeah. progress in the end. Um, I think of that every day. Like, okay, wake up. Let me just be one millimeter better than I was yesterday, and I'll see where I am in six months. Because it's yeah. it's a it's a small small enough goal where it's like I can feel accomplished what I did today, and it's not too big where you're gonna be like, man, I didn't accomplish that. I failed today, but it also is a reminder that I, just keep going. Yeah, one millimeter at a time, and you'll accomplish your goals eventually. And yeah. some days you might have ten millimeters. Some days you yeah. might just have one, but yeah. they count towards your goal. Yeah. Somebody else I I consider wise um, says just do a little bit every day. Progress is inevitable. <laughs> you right. can't avoid it. Yeah. So and speaking of the future, in the last couple of minutes here, um, what's what's next for Cafe Rica? Um, what's what are you working on? What can people look forward to? What are we working on? So we just started getting into roasting our own coffee um, yeah. earlier last month, um, and that's been really fun. Kind of um, finding coffees, um, kind of roasting them, seeing how they really taste and what we can really come up with. Um, we work with another um, entrepreneur, um, Lee Winkler. He has a little quiet company, coffee company, excuse me. Um, and he's been in the coffee business for 25, 30 years. So he's been working with us um, to start getting our own label out there. So that's that's been an extremely awesome adventure so far. Um, as we kind of learn to navigate um our world today we're trying to figure out what we can do as a to events uh, we we're gonna do tacos and tunes this year again in september but we decided to hold off until next year um, but we're starting to do a little bit more programming um 
of what we've always envisioned for this place was to have like some music, um, yeah. maybe an open mic night, poetry, um, or storytelling at Sundown. Yeah, um, yeah. So um, that's kind of coming into the future, like I said, as we kind of can have a more stable and uh, environment and kind of um, navigate what's going on. Um, but of course, things are forever changing, so we're tiptoeing. So, sure. So that's an exciting thing, um, and just trying to come up with awesome new um, dishes, drinks. Um, we try to um, come out with a seasonal menu every quarter yeah, around yeah. when the uh, season change. So that's going to come up soon. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot to mention. I mean, the food there is amazing. Um, we yeah. talk about coffee a lot, but the food there is amazing. So yeah, that's great. And and it's a real art roasting coffee, isn't it? I mean, there's a, there's a lot more to it than you might think. It's extreme science. Yeah, <laughs> like you, there's just like everything in coffee or food. Just little small minute details can change the recipe so much. So it's been fun to that's the fun part about coffee for me is is finding those little small um intricate details that can change a coffee um like for a well dialing it in you're making micro changes like little changes to the grind size or how long you pull it or how long you um pre-infuse the uh, the grind and you can have a vastly different hmm. cup of coffee or espresso. So it's that's yeah. the fun part for me is learning all those things and seeing how people react. Yeah. Well, I can't wait. Uh, Tr Trista, I'm so glad that you joined us. And uh, I look forward to seeing, seeing your business, which is brand new, really. <laughs> I look forward yeah. to seeing what the future brings. And, uh, and I'll keep... Uh, I'll keep going down there and doing and doing work when I want to get out of the house or out of the out of the library. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I appreciate you for having me on here. It's been an awesome experience. Time. I love talking with people about things that really anything. It's yeah. Kind of how we've connected throughout the through over the years is just talking about random stuff and yeah, um, yeah. having those good conversations. So I really appreciate you inviting me on here. And for all the people that are watching, thank you for watching and hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you. And next week, uh, uh, my guest is Jill Hind, the uh, director of the YMCA in Battle Creek. Um, I'm curious to share a little bit about how hard it's been to run a, a gym during the pandemic. Um, yeah. And uh, but they're trying to get back and at it. And uh, I still don't know what she wants to talk, what book she wants to talk about. So mm -hmm. if you're watching, if you're watching, Jill, I, I need to catch up. I'm running out of time. <laughs> so, all right. Good night. Uh, good night, everybody. And have a great weekend, Tristan. Thank you. Bye -bye. Appreciate it. You as well, Mac. Thanks.